Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 250. Yes, we are a quarter of the way to 1K. 250 episodes of this bad boy. KB coming at you live from Underground Studios. And because we are still doing the social distancing, the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Castarina, joins me on the voice line. We took a week off, Matt, but... It's probably a good thing because a lot has transpired uh, in the Philly sports world, but what's going on, man? Uh, still living the dream, but uh, <laughs> the dream is still still a little bit of a hellscape, if we're being honest, but still hanging in there. That is very true, and before we get started, got to give a shout-out to our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our kick-ass merch provider, Design Tree. Gear up for the return of sports with our Design Tree storefront, dsgentry.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code DSGN10. Save yourself 10 bucks off your order at checkout. And, of course, our friends over at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing partnering with incredible athletes, big-time social media influencers, and providing you a quality product for a fraction of the price of those big brand names. Use our promo code USP at checkout to save yourself 25% off your order. Help us pay some bills, make yourself look good, feel good, and protect your eyes with the Blue Light Plus collection that they have on their website. Rock mine every single episode of the pod. And of course, your typical sunglasses when you're outside in the sun, taking those walks, whether you're practicing safe uh, practices at the beach or whatever it may be, protect your eyes as well. Tomahawkshades.com. Use our promo code USP. Matt, a whole lot has gone down with the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's the off season, uh, and that includes the what seems to be a headline over the past week or so with one Deshaun Jackson. We haven't gotten a chance to talk about this yet on the show, but uh, I kind of wanted to figure a lot out with the whole situation first off because when I first saw the post on his story, I was 99% convinced he was hacked. Uh, Just kind of like what's going on on Twitter right now as we're live because no verified accounts can tweet. Uh, But I thought Deshaun got hacked. I thought Deshaun... Got hacked because it was like, oh, what's a what's a perfect way to you know mess somebody's life up? Let's let's post the one thing that I think everybody has come to terms with that you shouldn't be posting is about Hitler, and yet here we are talking about Deshaun Jackson posting what was not exactly a Hitler quote, but Hitler's name was mentioned and a lot of anti-Semitism involved. Now Deshaun Jackson is going to take a 
trip to Auschwitz with a Holocaust survivor, going to the Holocaust Museum with Julian Edelman. Just 2020 just continues to throw us the most random and odd things and just something I never thought we'd ever talk about, and yet here we are. Yeah, it's um, it's an incredibly disappointing tweet. I think it's like the if you don't even have to get PR class, I think we should all just have the understanding to not post any image that uh, has the words Hitler was right <laughs> in them. Anytime you uh, you put something up like that, you're you, I think you're automatically in the wrong. There's no defense for it. Uh, I think the I, I'm you know I'm, I'm kind of glad that people have given him space to at least be educated on this because I'm not sure that this was a it was obviously an anti-Semitic uh, image and and there's there's words and, and language in there that is not kind to Jewish people and anytime you're praising Hitler you're just automatically wrong um, but I think it's important you know if, if there's anything we've learned throughout this whole year is uh, you should be giving people time to educate themselves and learn and grow I think we should afford him you know that that time and space um, I'm not really like convinced that he's really done that yet, but it's also you know been a week, so I, I'm willing to give him that time. But you know he's a grown man too, and he should yep. be very aware. Like he's not a kid. This isn't like a college student or like a rookie doing this. So this is a man who's well into his life and should be smart enough to understand what those words and what that language means and how offensive that is and how wrong it is. Uh, we fought a war over this. <laughs> it's not hard. Uh, Nazis are bad. Hitler's bad. Uh, the Jews are not running the world and all the banks. That's that's not how this works. Um, I think the even more disappointing thing is at least Deshaun has, you know, taken action and decided that he's going to try and educate himself and talk with with different kind of advocacy groups. I think what's more disappointing is that you know there really hasn't been a reaction around the league to to go against this. It's been very sparse. Mm-hmm. And when you look at even some of <laughs> some players supporting what he said. Um, both in the NFL, the NBA, like Steven Jackson has been very, uh, very vocal about his support of these quotes and, and the language used in there. And um, I think that's that's pretty problematic. And that's been more disappointing to me. You know, Deshaun, I, I think I'm not Jewish. You know, I can't obviously can't speak for, for their community. Right. And how they see it. But um, I, I think he does deserve the time to be reeducated. But if you're going to double down and triple down and say that this is a, a a right way of thinking um you know there's really no seat at the table for you i i, I again these are these are all adults these, these are not young guys that are just you know maybe misinformed like these are these are people that have you know children that that have lives and that should definitely know better and have a better understanding of the world that we live in than to be posting images like that or, or language like that and agreeing with it or, or co-signing it i think it's, it's it's not good at all yeah i mean like you said they're grown adults. I also think this came from a place of ignorance uh, where, you know, Deshaun necessarily, he's not educated on the, the matter full blown and knowing what he posted. I don't think he realized, you know, he's got over million, millions and millions of followers on his Instagram. You have to take into account that people are going to be offended by that, whether or not you know, whatever it may be, you have to have more common sense to know what you're posting, whether you're educated on a a topic or not. And it was just blatantly ignorant for him to post it. It was stupid. Um, What were your thoughts on the Eagles deciding to just fine him rather than, you know, suspend him or anything? Because 
a lot of uh, you know Eagles fans kind of drawing and non-Eagles fans drawing comparisons to the whole Riley Cooper situation. I don't think you can compare the two situations because they're they're different circumstances, uh, different you know types of situations where they were both shitty situations. But I don't think you can necessarily compare the two. I don't know what yeah. you thought. Yeah, I think, you know, anytime you have a white person saying the N-word, I think it's a much it's automatically at a much different level, I think, than just about anything else when you when you talk about America and what that word means to black people in this country and um how white people have had the power for pretty much this entire existence. Uh, you know, there there's a lot to it. But you know, there's obviously a lot baked into anti Semitism and even just you know, he wasn't full out obviously pro Nazi in that right. quote, right? It's it's sort of blended in with this logic and reasoning which is really stupid and it, it's not even a real hitler quote which makes it even more dumb that you would think that hitler actually said that or that hitler was pro-black somehow he mm -hmm. wasn't he hated pretty much everyone um he wasn't really pro any person <laughs> besides himself right um you know I, I think it's just you know i i I personally feel that deshaun's came from a place of just like you said ignorance um not necessarily hate i think riley cooper's was a little different than that um but i think it, it, like you said it's very hard to compare the two because they they both happened in such different circumstances and and context you know and the riley cooper incident happened quite some time ago it doesn't feel like it but mm -hmm. that happened you know just think of how different we think socially now and how much more awareness there is about racism systemic racism anti-semitism even like the, all these things that we've been really grappling with in america especially the last few months um you know I, I do think we're just in a different mindset than, than we've ever been. And it's going to continue that way. And I think people have to be more aware of, you know, especially when you have an audience, if, if you're a pro athlete, if you're a social media influencer, if you're a politician, whatever, you have an audience and they listen to you um, and you're always going to reach a core group of people. And if you're co-signing hate speech or, or, you know, anti whatever kind of remarks or ideologies, yeah, maybe 95% or even 99% of your audience is going to say, that's ridiculous, you're stupid, but you're going to embolden that 1%. And, you know, as we've seen the last four years, even the vocal minority, if you give them a platform, if you give them a stage, if you give them social media, they can amplify their voice and make it much worse for, for you know, discriminated groups and such. So hopefully, you know, Deshaun learns from it. Hopefully... A lot of these guys that are supporting what he said also take the time to re-educate themselves because, um, it, you know, there's, there's really no room for this kind of hatred and bigotry, you know, in 2020 anymore. All around, I, I think people need to understand that everyone's the same at the end of the day. You know, it, it's the same discussion we had uh, about racism. Um, you know, I, I just, it, it's definitely disappointed to see guys, again, like double down on that kind of thinking and, and say that, well, you know, anti-semitism is good you know like when you when you're when you're backing that up it's very hard to to swallow that and and i i do wish that there was a little more outcry about that you know drew Brees got publicly flayed for what he said mm -hmm. um and i don't agree with what drew Brees said it was very stupid it was a very yes. dumb thing that he said it was incredibly ignorant um completely missed the point um and I don't think you could have hopped on social media and scrolled through your timeline without seeing one Drew Brees tweet or photo on Instagram or a Facebook post about it. Um, and this has gone largely unchecked. 
which is a little disappointing to me. And obviously, again, there's different circumstances concerning what Drew Brees said and that he's a white person and what he said was much more offensive and, you know, about it really just missed the mark. But, um, you know, you, you can't just pick and choose what you want to be upset about, right? You know, we, we need to understand that everyone has rights and deserves to have those rights. And any kind of hate speech, no matter who it's towards, just can't be tolerated. You know, we, we need to stamp it all out. Um, so I hope Deshaun learns. I hope other guys learn. I'm willing to give them the, their time to, to do that. Um, and hopefully they do. I think it's, you know, we should, we should be looking to constantly improve people's lives. And that doesn't just always mean, you know, giving them whatever. Sometimes it, it means just giving them some patience and some education. So maybe that's what Deshaun needs, you know, to, to really get a better understanding of the world that he lives in. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the, the, the crowd of we live in a simulation also got uh, a big notch in their belt when Adam Schefter dropped his tweet about how Jeffrey Lurie's uh, film company was dropping their documentary or film, whatever it may be, uh, about the meaning of Hitler literally the same day as this Deshaun news came out. And I was like, Schefter, you couldn't have timed this like at any other point. It had to be. Like, it was literally hours after, you know, everything started going down, and I was like, you can't script this. You literally can't script it. Yeah. Um, whoever whoever had, you know, a bunch of NBA and NFL players be uh, open anti-Semites on their 2020 bingo card, congrats to you, because I didn't see that one coming not at, at all. all. It, was, it was definitely a pretty big shock to me. But uh, good on Julian Edelman, too, you know, coming out and, you know, willing to help educate Deshaun and him being, you know, a fellow player in the NFL and everything. I think that was good on him to, you know, use his platform for good as well and to help educate a fellow peer. Um, so good on Julian Edelman as well. Yeah, absolutely. You like to see guys take that approach. You know, I think so much of like our, our social media interactions when things like this happen, it would just become sort of like the hashtag cancel them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what good that really does at the end of the day. Sure, deplatforming really problematic people is, is a good idea so that they can't really spread their hate speech. But something like this, I think, warrants more of a, an educational approach. Yeah, he should certainly face punishment for this. He shouldn't just get off scot-free, of course. But um, I, I think, again, you know, more compassionate, I think, is, is what we need in a circumstance like this. There are obviously some circumstances where, you know what, just... <laughs> just get to the curb and I don't care what happens <laughs> to you. But um, yeah, I think hopefully again, I, I think Deshaun takes the time and really understands what he did was, was very wrong. It's very ignorant. And um, you know, hopefully the people will show him patience and, and let him kind of learn on his own here. And um, you know, he made a mistake and I, I think everyone in their life makes mistakes. They're not always posting fake Hitler quotes on their Instagram, but you know what? Um, you know, hopefully he, 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 really learned said this was a very very dumb and ignorant and terrible thing i like i just i don't really know what went through his mind honestly um at the end of the day he's an adult he should absolutely mm -hmm. know better you know if you if you get to his age and you don't understand what that quote could be construed as or anything about world war ii or about concentration camps or about hitler i you know that's on you honestly exactly um on the field though uh the eagles brought back a familiar face who is taking his nickname quite literally, and that is Jason Peters, the bodyguard. He is moving to guard now and will replace one Brandon Brooks, who was placed on IR uh, with a season-ending Achilles injury. 
But Jason Peters is back. It was kind of assumed that he was going to be back at some point, uh, but he will make $3 million this year and has an opportunity to earn up to $6 million. Uh, I was talking to friend of the show, Ryan Jones. He texted me and said, you know, it's pretty interesting that uh, all these reporters are saying this has nothing to do with Andre Dillard whatsoever in all of their tweets, and I couldn't agree more. It's hilarious that every single Eagles reporter, when the news came out that Jason Peters was back, quite blatantly said this has nothing to do with uh, Andre Dillard. Yeah, I mean, this is just a, I saw this as a general reinforcement, you know, um, and, you know, you could see, you know, related to this, you could see signings like this all throughout sports when you consider just the financial ramifications of, of what's happening with COVID. We don't know when fans will be back in stadiums or what kind of revenue stream you're really going to have going forward. You could see some of these guys that got cut that were maybe looking for bigger deals. <laughs> Jaday Van Clowney, uh, <laughs> you know, that were looking for these big paydays that maybe have to, you know, take, take a lesser deal or, or maybe not quite their worth. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's good to have at least the, the leadership angle back in a locker room like this, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know whether whether or not his performances will, will necessarily be what you expect, who knows? But certainly, I, I don't think anyone should be complaining necessarily about having having Jason back. No, and I think it's the the smart move, like you said, with COVID and everything still running amok. Uh, I think it's the smart decision to bring a guy back in who knows your system has continu- uh, continuity in the locker room. He's respected by the guys. He's you know really good friends with Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. They've been teammates uh, for those two guys' entire careers. So I think sliding him right in between those two uh, is a, a perfect match. And I saw on Twitter, too, you can't false start when you're positioned in between the center and the right tackle because you're the guy letting the center know when to go. Uh, so that's also a bonus that we won't see as many Jason Peters false starts as uh, we have in the past, but I think the interesting thing is Trey Thomas, uh, I forget where what it was on, whether it was NBC Sports Philly or a podcast or something, he said he is very uh, surprised that Jason Peters is coming back to play guard and on the right side because he's played left tackle his entire career, and we heard Andre Dillard last season say, you know, switching from left to right is like trying to write with your less dominant hand. Trey Thomas liken Jason Peters moving to right guard to Bryce Harper hitting from the right side rather than the left. So that's the one thing that's interesting to me, especially coming from a guy like Trey Thomas, who's an all pro, uh, you know, Hall of Fame Eagle, knows the position very well, uh, talking about a future Hall of Famer in Jason Peters and questioning whether or not, you know, he's going to have a smooth transition. Yeah, exactly. This is a, You know, and I think it adds even another layer of, of confusion. Consider, the, you know, the the plans for the season. We don't even know what the NFL season is going to look like. I think, really, you know, MLS has already started their their tournament. They're they're back, and that's been a little. It, I think they're waiting to see how how basketball and hockey handle this and baseball. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's certainly a big switch, especially when you consider later in the career. This isn't like a young guy that you you would expect to, to maybe you feel like you can switch him to positions, but it's also a little bit of a stopgap. You know, you want to lose Brandon Brooks for the season. Uh, you know, you, you sort of your hands are tied a little bit, right? You know, you have to make some decision and, and bring some kind of body in, um, and I, I think you could do a lot worse for sure. 
I don't think it's in any way an ideal situation, but this is where you find yourself. And I think the Eagles have done this pretty routinely, right? Though, you know, they've made the best with not always the best tools um, and for better or for worse at times. And we'll, we'll see how it rolls for them this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mad about it. I know a lot of people were like up in arms, mostly because one Brian Baldinger tweeted that the Eagles were going to get like exponentially better this week big move coming and then it ends up being Jason Peters and everybody thinking it's going to be Jadeveon Clowney or Everson Griffin or Jamal Adams or something like that. Uh, you, you just can't tease Philadelphia fans that way when there are those types of guys out there on the market when Baldy probably knew that the move was going to be Jason Peters. Yeah. And let's not forget too. I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, <laughs> almost surely like a first ballot hall of fame yes. like, he's one of the best eagles of the last decade like you know he's certainly you know if you're gonna have someone kind of welcome back even if it is like say like a retirement tour um you know i, I think if there's one man that's earned it it's, it's probably jason <laughs> peters i think we can we can let him you know have his moment and again i mean if he's willing to come back and try a new position um he's talented enough I think he understands the game well enough. Again, this is one of the best players we've had in a very long time. You know, I don't know exactly where you would rank him on top Eagles of all time, but he's certainly making one of those lists, right? Um, You know, I think we can trust him that he could learn a new position, right? He he certainly, I think he's capable to do that. Yeah, especially with him being familiar with, you know, just terminology, being familiar with the coaching staff, the guys on the offensive line. Uh, It could be a lot worse, than Jason Peters, in my opinion. So uh, it's another depth move, too. If Andre Dillard does, you know, not pan out, boom, you move Jason Peters to left tackle, and you find, you know, another guy to slide in at right guard in between two Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber offensive linemen and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Yeah, I mean, this is... I mean, the, the Eagles' line, both offensive and defensive, is definitely it's something to watch this year, right? I mean... You know, there's there's some big question marks, and they're not all necessarily negative. Like you're not really waiting on on failure here. I think there's there's room for optimism, but there's definitely I, I think more questions than any sort of kind of certainty. I think, um, and and when you had sort of the aging core that they've had over the past few seasons, and this is sort of the one of the in between years where you're starting to transition, and you're going to see guys like Dillard, of course, get some more progression. Um, this is going to be a very interesting year for them. But, I, you know, the offensive line is still, I think even as it stands, one of the better in the league, right? You know, you'd certainly say they're above average in that position totally still. Um, you know, and, and, you know, once you start making top 10 lists, you know, it's just wherever you want to put some right. teams, right? You know, you lost in the shuffle, but it's just still a, a very talented team, right? You know, it's not as if we're, we're, <laughs> if we're getting some, some ghoul to come in here and, and just... <laughs> You know, with, with with nothing to really offer, he still has plenty to offer. I think he's certainly still talented. And again, when you talk about his leadership, um, that certainly can't be can't be misconstrued or, or understated. Absolutely, and uh, still got some time before football comes around. If football comes around, but they're the 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 team that likes to just kill us softly. The Seventy Sixers are back in the bubble. The bubble is in effect. And uh, they're back, Matt. The Sixers are back. Are. Uh, against my against my best <laughs> wishes. Um, I, you know, I so I've slowly started to talk myself back into being excited for uh, for the Sixers. 
Um, I'm going to see how long that lasts exactly, or maybe the first <laughs> game, and I might just duck out. Hearing a lot of Shake Milton love, a lot of positivity around him. Smells like propaganda to me. I don't know. Listen, I love Shake, but uh, I, I, I'm I still need to see more, right? And then also, these guys have been played like three and a half months, right. so you know what? I'm, <laughs> you know, I think everyone has forgotten a little bit um, that uh, the Sixers were <laughs> an abusive boyfriend to all of us, and <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a very fun late winter, early spring with this team. It was, in fact, really horrid. <laughs> it was terrible basketball, and it sucked to watch. And I think a lot of people were just kind of waiting on the season to be over. But if I'm trying to – if I put my optimistic cap on, which I like to do, I do think that this format could really be beneficial to the Sixers. You know, you consider that this team started last season so well, right? And um, they've, they've had, over the past few years, really started out strong in the season. Really, that first month and a half has always been – you know, statistically and historically, a really good first, you know, first, say, 20, 25 games for the Sixers. So if you can get to that kind of form again, I mean, you could win a championship with that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not inconceivable. Um, and when you consider that the Sixers' biggest strength is their defense, and that's something that's always going to translate, right? You know, shooting and offensive work and things like that, those can take some rhythm to get into and some game time. You don't really have that with this kind of tournament, and you're seeing that with the MLS too, right, where, you know, a lot of these more defensive teams, you're seeing – that be more replicable in these kind of circumstances, right? You know, even though these are these are high-paid athletes, best in their position, it's all very new to them. This is all a very different circumstance for them. They're not going to have crowd noise either, which is, especially for basketball, very strange. I mean, when's the last time these guys played in an open gym like this? I mean, even even summer league games have, have big crowds. Even in the G League, you have crowds there. Like, even high school. I mean, there's high school teams that outsell college. I mean, every one of these guys has played in huge arenas with lots of fans. I think there's very few other sports that have the, the same kind of influence fans do than basketball. If you've ever been in a stadium for a big game or when the team's going to run, you can really influence the game that way. So, this is going to be very strange for them, and I think that could actually be the Sixers' benefit. Um, they've been terrible away from home as well, though, so who knows? They could just <laughs> lose every single game in Florida, and I don't know that, that I'd be shocked. But maybe if we can, like, VR sim it so they think they're in the Wells Fargo Center, that might improve things. Get them a um, Zoom background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, You know, but I, I think there's – you could sell me either way on this Sixers team, right, during during this – remainder of the season you you could sell me in the idea that you know this is kind of a weird situation for all teams i think the sixers could benefit because they're more of a defensive forward team you know those things translate very easy to, to a situation like this or you can tell me that uh they're just terrible whenever they leave the tri-state area and boom they're, they're done and they're back home you know late august right like it's it, i i wouldn't be shocked really at either either scenario for the sixers uh it is tobias harris's birthday 28 bubble birthday and uh mike scott decorated his uh hotel room door that was on the uh the nba bubble twitter that has taken twitter by storm uh that has tweeted out every tidbit of information from everyone bass fishing including ben simmons to uh the the beer chugging, shotgunning Olympics between uh, Myers Leonard and JJ Redick, uh, but Mike Scott showing love for Tobias. Ben Simmons though had a video from Alex Subers, not the account that tweeted it out, but it is on Ben's 
YouTube channel, uh, and he was just draining threes all around the gym and uh, said, Orlando, I'm coming for you at the end when somebody said, you need to shoot more. And uh, we said before we started recording, don't know if we're ready to get hurt like that again, but I will say, Ben's form did look good. And I'll say this, every offseason, and I'm counting this as pretty much as an offseason, <laughs> um, we see videos of all these guys in open gyms, and everyone sells themselves on these ideas that these guys hitting threes. Listen, these are professional basketball players. They can they can pull from the logo in an open gym and hit it 49 out of 50 times. Like, they're just that good. But when you get into a game situation, we just know that that's not like that. We've seen Ben hit tons of threes in open videos. I saw I watched Markel Fultz drain threes and look amazing in, in all season <laughs> videos, and it was a lie. Okay, it was all a lie. Um, so you know, I I'll believe it when I see it, and I, I think I don't know what it is with Ben. We've we've talked about this so much, and everyone has. Is it a confidence, you know, kind of mental issue? Who knows? You know, we know that Brett Brown has certainly pushed him publicly to try and shoot threes, uh, which convinces me that it's more of a confidence thing with Ben. You know, that was almost a challenge to him and, and hoping that he'd receive that well. He definitely has that type of personality where, you know, he would take that challenge and, and try and beat it. And he's a very competitive uh, type of guy. But I'm, I'm not sure that we're going to see Ben pulling up from three at all. <laughs> you know, when he gets down to Orlando, we saw it a few times this season, to his credit, but... um. Certainly need to see it more. And I'm curious, you know, what position he ends up in. You know, Shake is the starting point guard for this. Uh, you know, kind of, we'll call it like pretty much a tournament. You're pretty much going to the playoffs. Let, let's be real. The first few games are, might as well just be practices. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with this team. There's certainly, like I said, there's, there's some optimism to be had. In that optimism bank, though, I'm certainly not including the potential for Ben to become like a lights out shooter because we just know that that's likely never going to happen in his career. And I think the sooner people accept that and stop the hysteria about him becoming like an elite three point shooter, I think the sooner we can move on with our lives and recognize his strengths as opposed to his really only one weakness. I'm going to put my Brett Brown voice on. Ben Simmons has been playing a lot of power forward. They finally good. They finally use the term forward when it comes to Ben Simmons. How much stock are you putting into the fact that because I feel like all of Ben's career it has been like entrenched in his head since day 1. I'm a point guard. There's the quote that I'm the starting point guard. How much stock are you putting into Ben being labeled a forward now? Potentially like changing anything he does where you know mentally he's not gonna have this you know point guard label on him uh the, the same stocks that leonardo DiCaprio when he was playing jordan belford wolf of wall street in his very beginning i'm buying penny stocks in this i'm <laughs> buying very little of it, uh because bright brown has i think again historically said things publicly uh, about this team and about his vision for the team and we haven't always seen that come to fruition. Um, I'm not necessarily laying that blame all at Brett Brown's feet, but this is another, I'll believe it when I see it scenario. I mean, we've seen Ben at times be kind of like a, a quasi four, um, but, it, you know, and we've seen a few games where like he's, he's not been maybe the primary ball handler, worked a little more off ball and things like that. Um, what this team really needs is 
And if Shea can turn into this guy, that'd be great, obviously. And he certainly has some underlying stats that can convince you that he could certainly develop that way um, into being a more guy who can, who can just be a, a shot taker, a little bit of a creator as well. Somebody can take the, you know, the ball and, and just rise up and, and go after it. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, but I, you know, I'm not dumping the life savings into this. This is not a, an immediate buy for me. What is an immediate buy for me is the video editing talent that one Matisse Thibel has. His little vlog series he started about being in the bubble has been thoroughly entertaining. I have not gotten the chance to see it yet. I did see that Casey Neistat gave him a, a shout-out, which, I mean, if you're going to get a shout-out from, like, the vlog guy of yes. YouTube, like, that's, you know, that's pretty high praise. Um, I saw him, like, I, I follow, like, uh, Nade shot on Twitter. Like, he also, like, it's cool, you know, because Matisse, he certainly seems to have, a, like, a broader... I guess like a different side to him mm -hmm. that you know we don't often see with athletes. He's where you, very artistic, you... I'd say. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that's very cool, and it's very, it's very like Gen Z of him, you know, <laughs> like to have like you know during quarantine, we, this feels like forever ago, but it was really like two months when he had the TikTok account, right? Yep. Um, you know, all these kind of things. He, he definitely seems very savvy uh, with this kind of side of of being a player, and it's cool to get a more introspective look. And uh, I guess like even like a behind the scenes kind of look from the point of view of a player, right? You know, we, we've seen things like this. It's usually from like the team's social media, you know, team or a PR group or whatever, where they bring in like a, a whole other like film crew to kind of do these more documentary style. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a cool look to have. And I think, you know, the NBA kind of promotes this, right? You know, they, they love having players be themselves, be individuals. And, you know, it's great promotion for the league, too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, they have to love this. Yeah, I mean, Tobias Harris said it in the first episode that Matisse published when they're on the bus going to the airport. He said, you know, I got, I forget who he said, you know, filming us and everything, but he worked for the Sixers. We got you. We're going to have our own 30 for 30. And uh, just like the, the way that Matisse has edited everything together, it is very Casey Neistat. Uh, inspired, um, but I was I was very impressed, and uh, it's it's a very cool, like you said, player point of view of what's going on in the bubble. Like he he records himself getting tested for coronavirus, uh, just things going on in practice, and you know it's very cool that his teammates are also like all in on him doing this too. Like they're supporting it on their social media accounts. I know Mike Scott and Tobias have posted about it on Twitter and Instagram and everything. Um, so it's very cool, and I, I really like the perspective that it gives, and uh, it just seems like Matisse is having a lot of fun with it too, which is always the best part with Matisse because he's just a pure soul. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone loves her for Matisse. We all, we all love the guy. Very happy to see him, you know, dipping into a, a more artistic side and something that he enjoys. You know, that's cool. It's, it's good to have. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he, he had the TikTok account, and uh, when they had the, the art exhibit, there were the photos that he took uh, that were in there. So, I mean, Matisse has dabbled in a lot of things uh, that kind of just show, like, the broad landscape of the type of person he is, which I think is awesome. And I think it'd be cool if we saw it from more players, too, that were just open about, like, hey, this is what I like to do in my free time. Here's kind of a window into some of it. And, and, you know, I think everyone's very curious, too, how this bubble works. So mm -hmm. getting kind of 
any kind of player perspective, even if it's just an interview or you know, a few players have gone on like Instagram live and like talked about, you know, what's, what's what and you know, what their situation is. I think everyone's, let's be honest, everyone is just starved for sports information of any kind. So even if it is just someone randomly going on Instagram live and just, you know, talking about what's in their mini fridge, like people are into that. Like, and there's, probably 50 blog posts about it and it's the highest click of the month because everyone everyone just wants to hear something about sports being back so yeah it's, it's cool to get a, a player's perspective on what is you know a very historic thing like we've, we've never had this right like this nope. is incredibly unusual incredibly unique and i mean matisse's videos are going to be like at the forefront of it, it sounds i guess weird to say but forefront of like historical recollection right because yeah. this is this is this is a pretty killer type of moment in american history right this entire saga and now that you have kind of you know athletes being in a bubble to 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 carry out the rest of the season during a pandemic that's that's a pretty big deal and you know any kind of uh primary source as this is now is going to be a, a pretty big deal to, to future people looking at this yeah uh so definitely check out matisse's youtube channel he posted on his instagram as well uh, on IGTV keeps it real short, like between like nine to 12 minutes. So it's very consumable as well. Uh, definitely recommend checking that out if you haven't already. Uh, live baseball is going on though, Matt, the Phils are, uh, playing inter-squad matches, uh, the past couple days. They got another one tonight at citizens bank park, uh, turned it on YouTube last night and man, was it good to see citizens bank park on my TV again. It was, and uh, I think one of my favorite uh, <laughs> videos to come out of this was the brave young men who rode their bikes to Citizens Bank Park <laughs> and were screaming at, <laughs> at the gate. I think it was, was it the right field gate um, <laughs> to sign JT, and then they could hear it <laughs> in the stadium. <laughs> um, and uh, those guys are the real heroes of all of this. Uh, I, I would love to buy them like food or something for, for their effort. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely nice to have. You know, baseball should have been back for weeks now, yes. but at least we're getting there, right? Um, it, there's still like some potential hitches in, in the wagon here, but we're just gonna plow through, I guess, and figure it out. Uh, but I'm I'm excited too, and it, it's gonna be really really nice to have it back. And you know, if they did happen to sign JT, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, Bryce certainly seems to be very <laughs> open to the idea, uh, going so far as to, just to shout it in the middle of, of scrimmages and, and batting practice. Um, so we agree, Bryce. He, you know, he's always been a really smart guy, real savvy, real understanding. Um, so yeah, I agree. Let's let's sign JT up, and I'll be even more excited. Bryce also posted on his Instagram story last week uh, a box of pizza that he had delivered. And on the inside of the box, the whatever pizza shop it was wrote on the inside, sign JT. And uh, Bryce put a bunch of 100 emojis on his Instagram story with that picture. So all types of uh, co-signing of sign JT. We had the, the fans of Philly truck outside of Citizens Bank Park with the, the neon TV signs on the side of it saying to sign JT. It'd be real nice if we could get that done sooner rather than later. Uh, Bryce Harper also playing a little bit of third base. Alec Bohm was on my TV last night, taking hacks, hitting singles up to center field. Uh, it, it's like we said, it's just so nice having baseball back kind of in the fold and just seeing 
all the tweets from you know the media members that are down at Citizens Bank Park being able to cover this, which I think is awesome that they're getting the opportunity to do so. Uh, this team just has a vibe about it where they seem very like loose. They seem like they have a chip on their shoulder to prove a lot to people. I'm very excited to watch this team play because they're going to get an opportunity to play against some of the best teams in baseball. When you look at it, you're playing the defending world champs, the defending division champs in the Braves. Uh, you got the Yankees. You got the Red Sox, who are always going to be a, a battle. And you got the Tampa Bay Rays and the Blue Jays as well. I'm excited to see what this Phillies team is going to be able to do once the games start counting. Yeah, I mean, every game counts, you know, in this situation that uh, MLB finds themselves in, right? You know, it was such a reduced schedule and compact. Um, so, you know, the fact that they are going into this, I think, probably a little more relaxed and, uh, and obviously they're, they're focused and, and sharp minded, but yeah, I think this has certainly been some of the more positive that we've seen a Phillies group go into a season the last few years. There's obviously been optimism, but I think that's been a lot more fan driven just on, you know, you obviously have Bryce last year, like leading the line, like really excited for that and kind of sold ourselves on price JT and adding McCutcheon, like all these pieces. And you really felt like there's something special brewing, um, and this year, you know, that hasn't been as, you know, you have Zach Wheeler, right? You're excited about Didi Gregorius. But overall, it feels like just this, these players as a group have really connected. And you know, there, there's a real opportunity here to, to go on a run. And, you know, we spoke about this earlier with the Sixers, right? The first month and a half of their season usually goes pretty well. It's the same for the Phillies. I mean, you know, up until Memorial Day last year, we all thought that this was a team that, uh, yeah, you know, that, that could... That was certainly at least making the playoffs, right? I do remember specifically saying this, and I regretted it around uh, early August, that this team is definitely making the playoffs. Now, will they win the division? Maybe not, right? But um, turns out neither was true. <laughs> but, you know, th this is a team that's that's historically started out pretty well and faded as the year went on. So this could be a benefit to them as well, the way the schedule's created. Obviously, when you talk about the strength of schedule, it's not particularly great for them, but... This team certainly hasn't bowed down to, to tough opponents. In fact, you know, you can almost bet on them to do better against you know the the Yankees of of the world mm -hmm. than say the Marlins, right? I right. mean, it, we've I think we've constantly hit our head against the wall with this team when when they consistently lose to these definitely you know lesser clubs at the moment and, and teams that aren't playing so well. Um, there's been multiple times where this team goes in and, and takes series against uh, stronger teams, even when they've been slumping, you know. So I, I definitely have a lot of optimism for the Phillies uh, right now. And um, I mean, I have that with all the the, you know, the the sports coming back now, you know, both the Flyers and, and the Sixers and the, and the Phillies, you all feel that they're, they're relatively situated to make a run. But, you know, that could just be the, <laughs> the effects of not having any sports to break my heart in Philadelphia over the past few months. Yeah. And uh, one thing I got to say, too, after watching last night, Zach Wheeler looks damn good in Philly's pinstripes. It is well, so nice seeing him out of a Mets uniform. I also love the tops they had on. Uh, those those could stick around, if you ask me. The uh, the red ones? Yes. Yeah. I Big fan. Big fan of those. They, uh, they only wear those like six times out of the year during a normal season. So uh, I wouldn't yeah, mind seeing them a little more, more Listen, often. Yeah, you know, the white pinstripe, a classic. You know it, right? But like... Do we really need like 130 games of it? You know, like, <laughs> we can we can tone it down a little bit. We can get some more equal distribution of the cooler, cooler. I mean, I you know, Phillies have some of the the, the coolest 
yeah, they're, they're very simple, right? You know, they're not mm-hmm. like outwardly crazy or anything. You know, they're not like the old devil rays kind of stuff, right. but you know, they're, they're very clean and classic and, and really good color combinations. I'd like to see a little more, you know, a little, a little more versatility. Why not? You know, Big yeah, fan. we have like very handsome guys too. Like it's yes. not like these are all like ugly dudes. Like, you know, put them on a poster. Like what, what are we doing? You got the big one out front of the park, but I mean, come on, make it happen. And uh, why is McCutcheon not on on Broad Street on like every? That's every what I'm talking about. Post, you know, like Uncle Larry, baby. What are we doing? Uh, it was also so soothing to hear uh, Didi Gregorius walk up to Notorious in Citizens Bank Park for the first time as well. Uh, it's been like over 200 days, just about since the Phillies signed him, and. Uh, it was real nice to hear his walk-up song in Citizens Bank Park. Yes, um, and, and saw in the news as well that he's going to be wearing his mask uh, for for the season, uh, which is you know I we're, I think we're going to see that a lot with players right taking some extra precautions potentially. Uh, Seen Reese wear it when a, yeah. a runner gets to first. So and Didi also you know saying because he has his underlying condition of his uh, his kidney issue is the the major factor of him wearing it but uh good on Didi for practicing uh you know what everybody should be doing and wearing a mask. Yep, it's very easy. Uh but Phils I believe are supposed to have exhibition games all weekend too against other teams which will be very fun. I believe it's against the Nationals, the Yankees and the Orioles if I'm not mistaken. So uh we'll get some actual you know non-intra-squad games as well this weekend and uh baseball's right around the corner and get back down in florida mls is uh is back in the union are looking uh mighty good right now matt yeah uh already have clinched their spot into the the round of 16 of the mls is back tournament which i mean we get it right the mls is back but like you could have we could have gotten a little more spicy right. with the name, right? Like the Summer Cup, the Summer Series, something like that. Like, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a little bit surprising that they're already through going to the last game. I think a lot of people would have expected NYCFC to go, be going through with them, but they're currently sitting dead last in the group. Um, so it's going to be Orlando and Philly playing each other in the last game, pretty much to decide who's going through. Um, you know, first or second. It's really just a seeding issue now, which is great for the union because you can rotate the side a little bit. Um, one thing we've definitely seen with this tournament so far is the heat has been incredible. They've been taking water breaks every 15 minutes, whereas, you know, in some other leagues that have come back, you, you only saw it, you know, once per half, but they're not playing in Orlando in sweltering right. heat, right? So it's, it is a little different. They've looked great so far. I think, again, defensively translates pretty well. Uh, one of the most beautiful goals that we've seen in a long time uh, last night on that counterattack. Montero with like a beautiful dummy. Brendan Aronson's looked really good. It's You have to feel really positive about the Union's chances. And it's been a, a little bit of a topsy-turvy tournament so far. Some of the favorites haven't quite performed. you got to remember, too, this has essentially been uh, another offseason. <laughs> and a lot of teams only played, you know, two, maybe three games before the league shut down. So... There's an opportunity here, right, to, to take advantage of that. I think the Union are doing that, and I'm very looking forward to them playing Orlando because they've been uh, really a, a free, free-flowing free and a high-scoring type of team so far. So if the Union's defense can hold strong against that, definitely seen Andre Blake playing really well, that's a really positive sign for the Union. And 
you know, these two games count for regular season points as well. All the games in the, the group stage count for regular season wins. So that's, you know, money in the bank essentially now uh, for the union against two pretty good teams. Um, so that's a positive and, you know, we, we love to see that. And, you know, the MLS tournament has had, <laughs> like I said, some shakiness. You had two teams sent home uh, because they had so many like COVID positives, but um, they are showing that the bubble can work. You know, I, I think it was either today or yesterday's group of testing had no positive whatsoever. That's obviously good and should definitely give, you know, some hope towards other leagues that they you can do this, right? Mm-hmm. That you can create a situation and it's not necessarily ideal for everyone, right? You're having some guys even leave the bubble because they have partners who are pregnant, right? Or maybe even people in their lives who are high risk and they want to either just be with them or not put any kind of risk on them whatsoever. Um yeah, so it's it's obviously not the most ideal situation, but I think, you know, if you want sports back, this is kind of the way that it's probably going to have to look for at least a year, right? I mean, it's hard to imagine fans being in stadiums, but for the Union, it's been really good so far. I, I think we've all been impressed with them, um, and we're looking forward to seeing them continue. And the lone bubble that is now in Phase 3, training camps are underway. The Flyers, I'm flyered up kind of hot talking about how uh he's he's looked forward to this moment his entire life i i'm stoked for this flyers team to get back out on the ice yeah exactly um man you know it just it just sucks because it really felt like the flyers were on the verge of something special and it took pretty much an act of god to, to, <laughs> to, to stop them from going on what really felt like a stanley cup run but you know i, I think again you know this is I know that it's they've had like a cooling off period, but I still think this team can go out and play really well. And you know, that, to me, it wasn't necessarily a flash in the pan that for three months they're the best team in hockey. Mm. You know, like that's that's to me that 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 could be a sign of something better here. And um, you know, hopefully they can regroup and go win the damn thing. I mean, why? I mean, let's be honest. How insane would it be if? <laughs> all three of the sport, the bubble sports and the union go win like their respective tournaments or playoffs. Like that would be unbelievable. But, um, you know, I, I am looking forward to, to seeing everyone back. And again, if we can do it safely and, and the players are comfortable with it and all the, the staff managers, coaches or whatever, everyone's, everyone's safe and comfortable. We can do this. Cool. You know, I, I'm all for it, which, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, we, we we should be celebrating some some small victories like this, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. And I, I feel like it's a positive sign too for the most part. We've heard from the players that are, you know, together, whether it's the Phillies, the Sixers, uh, you know, through the, the first couple of days of the bubble, um, you know, the Flyers at training camp, they said they feel incredibly safe and confident in the way things are set up, and I think that's a, a great sign just by each team. Uh, to make sure that these guys are are safe and doing everything they possibly can to make sure that they stay healthy and and stay safe through all of this. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing too is obviously beyond beyond just you know the pandemic still running rampant through our country. Um, you know, again, the, these guys have had a pretty long layoff, and you know, depending on you know the player, right? This might have been the longest kind of dormant part of their life because. You know, during lockdown, it's not like you can necessarily go out and train like you would have always or even play any kind of pickup, anything like that. So there is definitely, I think, a, a bigger concern for any kind of like muscular injuries, right? Any kind of like hamstring or soft soft tissue types of deals. 
Um, so, you know, you, you hope that everyone can kind of work themselves back into shape, but, you know, we all know there's a huge difference between being in shape and being in game shape, right. And being able to play, whether it's hockey, your, your full shift throughout a game, right. Or a full half or a full quarter, whatever it is. Um, you know, that's going to take, I think a little bit of time. And I think teams should be really cautious about how they're, they're throwing guys back into work here. And, you know, we trust them to obviously be smart at that. Um, and just hope for, for obviously, no COVID tests, no COVID positive tests, and you know, just behind that, you know, no kind of injuries because that's I think that at a much higher risk, just given the circumstances of all this. Yeah, one thousand percent. And uh, shout out to JVR tweeting back at us for uh, our fun little poke at him when uh, somebody was taking a uh, pictures of a pigeon. It just you know, JVR getting new headshots for the the NHL bubble. And uh, he tweeted back at us pretty quickly. And JVR is not a man known to tweet quite often, so shout out to JVR. But uh, Matt, I hate to inform you, this entire podcast has actually just been one giant slice of cake. Oh my god. <laughs> I I truly don't understand the whole cake phenomenon. Uh, it, it blows my mind. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on uh, life as cake? Uh, well, I hate cake. Uh, ice cream cake is the superior birthday dessert. Um, I, I shouldn't say I hate cake, but cake is like, I don't know. I've never been a big cake fan, uh, really in any of its forms. Cupcakes, not a huge fan, more of a muffin guy. Uh, but, you know, it's okay. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm always amazed when these kind of things go viral because they just seemingly come out of nowhere. Like, you know, like it. it who started like i i want to know i need to know the the origin right like what was the <laughs> video to set this off because i know there's the big one of like a bunch of them but if that felt like it was a secondary wave we really need to get to the bottom of of who's like who's behind these kind of viral sensations but um yeah there's been a few moments where i've i've looked at myself in the mirror and wondered if i've just been kicked this whole time um i do love the meme of the astronauts uh, yes. <laughs> wait, it's. Uh, I love that when it was. I. I don't know if you've ever seen the one where it's like, wait, it's all Ohio. It always has been. <laughs> um, that that's another favorite of mine. But that's yeah, I, I do. I do appreciate uh, the, the memes coming out of it at least. But um, I mean, let's be honest. Like, cake is not the best. There are so many better desserts. Yes. Uh, donuts, right? Like pie is better. Even cheesecake um, is better than regular cake. Cheesecake is infinitely better than any any cake. Like I will I would take a plain cheesecake over like some of the more finer, more mm-hmm. sophisticated cakes. Like I, you know, it's just it's okay. You know, it's really it's not that great. Yeah. Uh I did tweet though that uh we will never be able to interpret the phrase piece of cake the same way ever again after this trend has gone absolutely viral for no reason whatsoever yeah um i don't know i I, just someone someone at twitter hq just pulled a lever and i was like all right uh cakes are going viral this week i guess that's what happens i i feel like sometimes that is exactly what happens too with some of these twitter trends it's just like all right pull the lever let's let's unleash this thing we've been sitting at this boardroom table for you know years on end about and uh it's time to release to the public well i i remember uh bird box right i mean they um they found out that all the memes actually were started by like a pr company to promote the movie you know like all these all these kind of memes and 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 jokes came out about like the 
uh, the the movie before it had even really been released, and they were all started by people who had a, an interest in getting people talking about the movie. So it works, you know. And if you can create that kind of viral marketing, it's not easy to do because it's just it's dust in the wind, really. Who knows where it's going to go? But um, yeah, maybe it's Big Cake trying to get us <laughs> trying to get us interested. It's Betty Crocker. God damn it, Betty. <laughs> Uh, I think that's all we have for you guys tonight. Make sure you are following us on the Twitter machine where we may or may not be posting videos of cake uh, at underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Matt at Matt Castorina. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you think about all the uh, sports coming back your uh, thoughts on Jason Peters being back, or just your general thoughts on cake. We will read the cake reviews on the pod if they are left. Uh, Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And if you don't use Apple Podcasts, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Our blog, our website is coming Later this week or by Monday is the hope, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll have a whole bunch of new content coming your way with that. And uh, make sure you're checking out all the podcasts on the network outside the box with the PLL Championship Series right around the corner. Got a lot of content coming out there. We have a big announcement coming as soon as this show ends over on Twitter, so at OTB Pod for that one. Check out the 4th and Goal guys. Fantasy football season right around the corner. Draft season right around the corner. They're gearing up for that. Just another football podcast is coming back this week with Connor Miles. And uh, streamer season, we are planning something big to talk about Hamilton because uh, that has also taken the world by storm. If you haven't watched Hamilton yet, make sure you check that out because it was absolutely fantastic. And got to give a shout-out. To the local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And make sure you check out our golf podcast that has, for some reason, not fallen off the Apple podcast charts since episode one dropped. Get in the hole. You can follow that on Twitter at Get in the Hole Pod. Uh, and of course, shout out to Design Tree. Use the promo code DSGN10. Save yourself $10 off at checkout. Gear up for the return of sports with our storefront. And, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Use the promo code USP at checkout. Save yourself 25% off your entire order. And all orders, $75 and over, qualify for free shipping. Matt, any final thoughts before we end episode number 250 of this bad boy? Uh, Go Union. Yes. Uh, Doopsies. Wear your wear your mask. Wash your hands. Keep it classy. Never trashy. Uh, if you live in New Jersey, we're like the only green state in the country. Shout out to the Northeast, doing it big. Let's keep it that way. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's just it's the same old, right? Let's let's stay safe. Let's be smart. It's not hard. Put a mask on if you got to go out. Ain't a big deal. We'll get through this together if we all do those things. And that's the biggest thing, right? But. It's just uh, we we all want sports back. Best way to do that: put on mask, wash your hands. There it is. Boom, easy. Super easy, super simple. Couldn't have said it better myself. But uh, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number two fifty. Thank you guys for rocking with us for two hundred and fifty episodes. 
and uh, hopefully you'll continue to do so as we keep this thing going, as uh, the the return of sports is on the horizon. It's going to be a big time next couple of months for us here. But for Matt, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.